help people build better habits and work with their focus. If you can focus and know how to focus at will, it's amazing what your productivity is going to do. Hey, this is Dennis Consorte with Snackable Solutions, and I am here with Ellen Goodwin. She is a productivity consultant. How are you, Ellen? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing wonderfully. It's Friday here, so I don't have a collared shirt on. I've got a graphic tee under my jacket, <laughs> but I thought I'd look somewhat official here. Right, right. So, Ellen, you were on TED. Tell me about your TEDx talk. So my TEDx talk was about how dive bars can change your life, which is kind of funny in my thought process because most people talk about ways that they can change the whole world. And I was talking about dive bars. It was fun. We talked about it in the reference of, of productivity, how dive bars are the ultimate productivity tool because connection is how we are productive. You meet someone, you connect through them. Maybe they know someone you knew, you know, or want to know. That's a great way to be productive while you're still enjoying yourself. That sounds great. And tell me, just for the audience, why dive bars? Why not other venues? Because I run a dive bar of the month club and I've been running it since 2010. So I have a lot of expertise in that, which is a random thing to have expertise in. But I had done another talk for an Ignite program where I talked about dive bars and the TEDx people were there and they liked it. And so they asked me to come and talk. So yeah, dive bars are one of the things that I happen to be very fond of. And um, I think there's a lot we could learn from them. That sounds great. Now, let me ask you, you said dive bar of the month club. Does that mean that you need to organize, coordinate, get people together, get people to show up? What does that entail? It does mean I do that once a month, usually the fourth Wednesday of the month, we go to a different dive bar. So we have a Facebook group, we have a meetup group, we have a website, I believe we still have an evite that goes out. We've got all the levels of things. And so it, it does require coordination. My husband, who's my partner in crime on this, we decide what bar we're going to go to. We call it recon. Our friends just call it drinking. But we go out a couple of weeks ahead of time to scope it out, to talk to the bartenders or the managers, to make sure that, hey, if we show up with 50 or 60 people on this Wednesday, that you won't be overwhelmed, that you know we're coming. Then we let everybody know where we're going, when we're going, the important details, because things like parking, whether or not they have food, because good dive bars don't have food, whether they're cash or they'll take credit cards, because a lot of really good dive bars don't take credit cards. We put all that together. So there's some organization that we do every month to make that a reality. And organization is your superpower. You're a productivity consultant. Tell me about that. Well, I help people get their work done. Sometimes I use a different word for work, but um, I help people get their things done 
And whether that means overcoming procrastination, whether it means basically holding their hand and having them be accountable to me, I can be a chief nagger as needed. I help people build better habits and work with their focus. And superpower is focus. If you can focus and know how to focus at will, it's amazing what your productivity is going to do. I help people, businesses, all get that working in their world. And by the way, you are allowed to curse. I am a free speech absolutist. <laughs> I will not censor you. You can say, as your website says, when it comes to getting shit done. It does. <laughs> what, what type of action hero are you? Right. Yeah. So I do help people get their shit done because that encompasses a lot. And it sounds like you were on your own personal journey that made you realize that this was an important thing. Tell me what that was like. Oh, okay. I was, I ran my own graphics firm for over 20 years. I'd originally been working in an advertising agency. I'd left there, started my own business. It's amazing when you go from working for someone to not working for anyone and there's no accountability. And I did a great job for a long time. I got the work done. I did what I was supposed to. And then for some unknown reason, I fell into what I like to call the pit of procrastination. I started missing deadlines. As we know, clients love when you miss deadlines. And that is sarcasm. I missed deadlines and clients weren't happy about that. So I started to lose some business. And at one point I almost lost my whole business just because I was procrastinating. And at that point in time, well, there was this incident that only a few people know about where I had to take a job because I didn't have many clients and I needed the money, which is a terrible reason to take a job. I was so excited that I was going to go to his office, which was in his home. It was in an area of town where I just knew that, you know, it was going to be warm because this was in the summer, but they would have air conditioning because I was dying at my house. And I went there only to do this job because I just needed the money. And I go in there and they had no air conditioning. I am sitting there watching this sad little fan go around and around, like no air is moving. And I realized that because I was procrastinating, I was in this position. And that's when I went, uh-uh, I have to find my way out. And that's what I did. I started to do a lot of education, training, research, and put together programs through all of that, that helped me climb out of that pit, get back on track, save my business. And in turn, people began to see what I was doing, clients, friends, and they started to ask me how I could help them do the same thing. And thus I segued from graphics and advertising into helping people get their shit done. That sounds wonderful. And let me ask you, how has improving your own habits when it comes to procrastination, how has that improved your level of happiness and your emotional state? Oh my gosh, that is such an excellent question. There's so much less stress. There's never that moment where I'm, I'm pulling an all-nighter to get things done because I put them off. Everything has its own schedule. It shows up. Things get done. Uh, I know how to deal with myself if I'm like, ah, I don't want to do that. Well, 
there's ways to get over that procrastination. And since I know how to do that, it makes everything easier. It makes me easier to be around, which is a big plus for those around me. And uh, wow, it's, it's just an amazing thing in my life. I work with a lot of companies in the wellness industry and the things that you're describing are very aligned with the things that they describe and the things that we do together. And one of the ideas that I saw on your website was you spoke about SMART goals and that is also something that is prevalent in the wellness space. Tell me about SMART goals. Well, my definition of SMART goals are just a teeny bit different than the regular ones. SMART goals in and of themselves are, it's an acronym for specific, um, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-focused. And so you set up a goal with you very specific. You don't just say, hey, I, I want to lose weight. Well, how much? How much weight do you want to lose? Be specific. So specific, measurable, okay, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. That's pretty measurable. Now, attainable and realistic are two AR that I tweak a little bit. I believe that they need to have an action plan for your A, action plan, how you're going to do that. Because it's one thing to say, in this instance, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Well, how are you going to do that? What are your specific plans? And then the second thing is for the R, instead of that you can actually do it, it is to have a response plan. And a response plan is when things go off the rails. It's actually known as the what the hell effect. And when things go off the rails, if you don't have a plan to get back on track, there goes your goal. Then always with the time that, yeah, I'll lose 10 pounds. Well, are you going to lose it in six months or six years? Two different things. So I just believe when you have a SMART goal, have it, have an action plan for how you're going to do it and have a response plan for how you're going to get back on track. And one of the easiest things to do is to set up if then plans, which would tell you, so if, if I go on vacation and I just eat like a crazy lady, rather than throw me off of my whole plan to lose 10 pounds, I have a response plan. If I've eaten like crazy for, for seven days, then when I come home, this is my eating and exercise plan to get back on track. Not to do anything crazy, but just get back on track. So that's SMART goals. Well, that sounds great. So it, it's almost like you're writing a computer program. Exactly. Your actions. Yeah. Yeah. What I'd love to hear about is maybe a story about one of your clients. You don't have to share their names. Let's protect the innocent here. But you can certainly share maybe what the challenge was when they came to you and some of the hurdles you helped them overcome and how they are doing today. Sure. I had a recent one where I uh, was their accountability coach and they were studying, they were going to take a law school entrance exam, the LSAT, and we're having a horrible time staying on track with studying. They have a whole full-time job and then studying can be a full-time job as well. So what we came up with, we, we talked about different things to keep them on track for studying 
and understanding that you only have so much attention. You can't study for six hours straight and expect the best studying in that sixth hour. So we worked out a plan of, of how they would study, what kind of breaks they would take. I think the key to this whole thing was every day, this young man that I was working with, he had to text me how much he had studied the night before, how he was doing on the test. So every day I would get a text from him. And if I didn't, I would get on his case and make sure he, he got it going. And the first few weeks were, as usual, a little, there was a few stumbles, didn't get, oh, I missed this. I, I worked too late. All I wanted to do, come home, have dinner and crash. Understandable. But by the time we got to within a month of the test, he had a streak going. He was doing fantastically. And it's all having somebody watching him, basically. Studying for a test is, is a long-term goal. There's no reward every day. The only reward is at that very end. And so I provided, I like to think, the reward to him every day. Great job. You did this. He had somebody that was watching him. He took the test. Flying colors. We're super excited. He passed it. He not just passed it. He got the numbers that will really help him get into the law school of his choice. Well, that sounds great. Good for him. And these text messages that you were monitoring, was that the response plan where if he didn't text you, you would follow up or was it something else? No, that was very much a response plan. If he knew I was the, the one watching and it's not like I'm going to run to his mom or dad. He's not at that point in, in his life. He's a grown adult, but it was, um, the trust we had between each other that I was investing in his success and he was doing what he needed to give back. And so it was a bit of a response. If I don't hear from you, then I'm going to hunt you down. That makes sense. And would you say that maybe he picked up some habits in working with you that were sustainable? Abs absolutely. Because there was a few stumbles along the way where he would reach out and go, hey, I'm having trouble with this. What can I do? And we would sit and, and talk about different strategies he could start using. I think he definitely got some things for me and hopefully they carry through. Okay, great. And... Could you see someone like that, that you helped through this very specific problem of studying for a test? Could you see them coming back to you in the future? What might someone like this gentleman do in the future where he would say, you know what, I need to reach back out to Ellen? Oh, I could see that. Let's say he gets into the law school of his choice. That's a lot of work. It goes back to prioritizing their time and putting in the work knowing like for this class, this is what I need to be doing. And I've got a paper that's due at the end of the semester, but it's the beginning of the semester. So I'm not going to do anything, which happens all the time. So it's one of those things of realizing when you have something that is not important today, but it's going to be important, but making it important each day. And I think that is something that I could see him coming back to me for also just organizing his time and that whole accountability thing. It sounds like that LSAT 
was maybe, I would call it maybe a medium term goal, something like that. It, it is, but it's, if he doesn't succeed at the, the LSAT, then he doesn't get to take the next step at a college where he, he wants to be at a university. So it was an important step. Without that one, nothing else will happen, but it's so not the ultimate. Yeah, so it's almost as if the, the long-term goal had a series of short-term goals along the way, one of which was that LSAT. Absolutely, it, milestones. Yeah, so when it comes to working with clients, is that something that you do? You figure out how far out in the future the goal is? Are you helping them set milestones? Walk me through that. It would depend on what they're doing. If it was just a one-time thing that I need to push through then we just, boom, we keep that big goal there. But you also realize that every day you work towards that, you're not succeeding at that final thing. So just like you said, many of the things I work with people is the milestones. Maybe you're running a marathon. Hey, look, this weekend you were able to run two miles without stopping. Boom, that's a reward. And just moving forward. Now, not all goals are that specific like running a marathon, if only they were. But yes, finding those milestones along the way, because we do need rewards as we're going down the path. Otherwise, it's frustrating and frustration leads to quitting. So yeah, I'm right there on that one. And is there a way to figure out when you really need an accountability coach and when you can do things on your own? Is there a formula to this? I don't know that there's a formula so much as being honest with yourself when you realize that, you know what, I've been doing this over and over and I keep failing. And what is the common denominator? It's me giving up. It's one of those things like as we're coming towards the end of the year, people Every year, they'll write down resolutions, which I think are terrible, but they'll write down, this is what I'm going to do. And if they look and go, wow, I've written down that I'm going to lose weight for like the last 10 years and I haven't done it, what's going on? I think at that point, when there's something that just keeps showing up and showing up, you say you want it, but you're not doing it. I think that's when it's a good idea to call someone, an accountability coach accountability partner, just having someone that you can call on. Now, if you're going to have accountability, I always say, don't do it with anyone that's in your family because there's too much baggage, but having someone that's somewhat impartial that you respect and, and want to impress, I think that's going to be helpful. Now, when it comes to small business owners, because that's our audience here, yeah. are there some common problems that they face when it comes to goal setting? Some general issues where you say, you know what, these are the things that affect small business owners, solopreneurs the most? I would go with, <laughs> with shiny objects, shiny squirrels, because there's always something new showing up. Oh, if you do this, you're going to succeed in this part, and then you're going to go here. And when we're frustrated, those shiny objects are so exciting 
Because if I'm frustrated working on this and I see something that maybe someone else is doing or someone else is promising that that's going to help my business, then I'm going to go to that. But I'm leaving this other thing hanging. So it's staying on track, keeping your eyes on the prize. And maybe that is just saying, you know what, I'm going to work this system that I'm working on for three months. And you take note of that shiny squirrel write it down, put it somewhere so the idea isn't gone. And then in three months, you look at it again. Half the time, that shiny object is not going to be as shiny as and exciting, but you've stayed on track. So I would say the biggest thing with goals is the shiny objects that just are distracting. No, that makes sense. I, I see lots of shiny objects. I wouldn't say that I have shiny object syndrome, but I definitely see them out there. And I like what you said about compartmentalizing it where every three months you revisit them rather than every time you see one, you go after it. Yeah. I mean, it's not just business. It's real life too. It's in our personal lives. That's so easy to do. It's just, oh, I'm working on this, but whoa, look at over here. So yeah. Now you also mentioned importance and it, it made me think of that whole concept of urgency versus importance. Is there a way to think about what is urgent and what is important when figuring out your goals and maybe even changing your goals? Absolutely. For the most part, urgent things are someone else's things that need to be done, especially in your daily life. If something's urgent, it usually comes from someone else. Important comes from you because this is important that I need to do. My important work when I was writing my book, okay, my important work is that I am writing or editing today. Urgent work would have been someone else needing something. That's not to say that urgent isn't important, but for the most part, urgent is an external thing. Important is internal. Interesting. Tell me about your book. What's it called again? My book is called Done, How to Work When No One's Watching. And it basically goes through all of the things we've kind of touched on today. Procrastination, lots of dealing with procrastination, building habits, better focus, dealing with your personal energy, energy management versus time management, and focus, big time on the focus. And it's all from the sense of working when no one's watching, you know, whether you're in a business where you still have people watching, but it's all about coming from you. And the most important thing that you can take away from the book is that it's all about experimentation because I can give you 10 solutions for procrastination and maybe four of those work for me and two of them work for you, but we're not the same person. It's so very important to experiment when it comes to any sort of productivity tool tip thing that anyone gives you, whether it's me or someone else. Experiment. Now, you have some of this on your website, don't you? I do. Tell me about that. In what sense? I so somebody goes to your website oh, yeah. and you've got this quiz on there. Oh, yes. There's a, what kind of action hero are you? You go through the quiz and you find out if, if you're a procrastinator, like a hero when it comes to getting your work done. Everybody has a different level of their productivity. It's a very lighthearted quiz just to give you an idea 
of where you are and what you can do if you want to improve in, in one area or another. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. So how do people find you online? Tell me about your website, your social media. Where do people find Ellen Goodwin? Well, they find me at ellengoodwin.com. That's my website. I can be reached. You can email me. I always respond ellen at ellengoodwin.com. Um, on Facebook, it's ellengoodwin.com. We have uh, the Instagram is done underscore the underscore book. And uh, Twitter, I think it's ee goodwin. All right. And LinkedIn. I mean, there too. <laughs> LinkedIn is, is my personal favorite because I am naturally introverted, so I don't prefer to socialize. So wonderful. We've got all of those links. We'll be sure to put all of it into the show description. Ellen, thank you so much for visiting with us today. And we'll also share your snackable solution in a separate video. Fantastic. Dennis, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. All right. Take care. Thank you.